What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff Hillen with Selling Stories, where we discuss struggles, successes, and life lessons learned through sales and in sales. I've got a really serious issue. SOS, how can we help? The future of sales. I'm concerned. I am legitimately concerned. For the 26th episode of Selling Stories, I decided halfway through a year, 26th episode, I'm going to come out with a public service announcement. This is Jeff Hill and only talking about my concern for the future of sales. So what are the main issues? And depending on what those issues are, how do we solve it? My big thing right now is instant gratification without suspense. I want you to think about this. And you might have to rewind your clock a little bit because things are so much different than they were a few years ago. Can you remember what life was like before same-day delivery? How about life with commercials? I remember watching Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon and being left in suspense because I didn't know what was behind that closet door. And now that suspense is gone. The last thing is continuous connectivity. If we have a question, instead of using our head, most likely, we either use our cell phones to go to Google, we ask Siri, we ask Alexa, we are constantly getting answers to questions we have without having to think. So I want you to think about that. In society, we're constantly getting what we want, but in sales, that's not necessarily the case. In fact, a lot of times it's opposite. For instance, in sales, we hear no way more than we hear yes. There's a ton of phone calls that go unanswered. And there's plenty of emails that I know also get unanswered. So all that being said, what is the issue? The issue is instant gratification without suspense. And how do we solve it? Well, first and foremost, I think it starts with expectations. The expectations of getting something instantly is, is hard to shake. And the fact is technology is putting so much pressure on us as people to get what we want that when we take a position in sales or we're in sales, it's hard to separate the two. The emotions, the immediate need. I have concerns with my children, the future of sales generation. I'll give you an example. We had my daughter who incorrectly parked her scooter in the garage. I didn't see it and I ran it over. Well, instead of waiting till her birthday or till Christmas or something in the future, her brother had one and we decided to get her one. And I looked back and thought about it and realized that probably wasn't a good thing. The fact is she should have went longer to know what it felt like without that scooter because of decisions she made. Shame on me. So I'm asking all the people out there to think about this. If you're in sales or maybe even if you aren't in sales, what can we do to solve this instant gratification problem? Do we really want to go back to a society where commercials are a thing? I know how painful it is right now to go back, think about YouTube where I could just skip in three seconds and unless I pay for a premium service, now I have to listen to an infomercial. Same thing when it came to music like Pandora. You can pay for a premium service so you can skip all the commercials. So there's this aspect of paying for something which creates less work. In sales, there's plenty of tools out there. I use LinkedIn a ton to put together social media posts on a weekly basis. I'll be the first to say that it becomes difficult to think of topics every day. So what did I do? I started using a tool that's called Upwork which allowed me to pre-program my tools or my posts, which I would do on Sundays. 
So instead of waking up every day and trying to scratch my head and think about what am I going to write about today? What type of sales topics are going to just hit me in the brain? I sit there focused, thought out posts on Sunday and preset them to, to post up. LinkedIn also allows that for no charge, by the way, which I learned from Ben Tillman. Thank you so much. So I'm going to have on a future episode. I just think it's really important as a society, we think that all things are not necessarily solved by AI. And some of the things that we have at our disposal, reality can make our jobs more difficult, not easier. For instance, I was out cold calling the other week with a sales intern and there was a gentleman we stopped at. His name was Guy. And he was like, what are you doing coming in the back door of our facility? I'm in the material handling space. And the first thing I said was, I bet it's been a while since you saw a salesperson come unannounced with a sign that says no soliciting and just walk in the door, hasn't it? And he laughed. He's like, what do you want? And so we told him, hey, we're out here uh, cold calling, stopping, trying to see if we can earn people's business, understand if there's any needs they have that we can support. What projects do you have? And believe it or not, he had a project that we were able to quote out. And so, again, I go back to the fact of in society, it scares me to know that we think we have tools that can solve all of our problems. Sometimes we don't have a problem. Sometimes the problem comes with work ethic. And sometimes the, the problem comes with plan and process. In sales, I think there's a really big issue with CRM, planning on a process. There's, there's people out there that want a tool to do everything for them. And if you don't have a good process in place, that can be really scary and be very ineffective. What I tell people on sales is start with the amount of money you want to make. This creates your business plan. If you want to make $100,000, then in the specific industry you're in, is that a really high number? Is that a low benchmark? And what are you going to have to do to earn that? Meaning, what clients or attack accounts do you have that are going to give you that money this year? And one thing I want to make very, very clear is when it comes to writing a business plan, you can have a great customer, but they may not be a great customer for you this quarter or this year. That doesn't mean you neglect them. That just means they may not help you get to that dollar amount that you want to hit for this year. It's a really important item for people and salespeople that don't get that to think about. If I have, if I want to make $100,000 and I have five clients that are my biggest clients and it's they're not in the pipeline for any major projects this year, I can't write them down to meet my objective for my income for the year. So going a little further, you have your existing clients and then your prospects and what is it going to take for them to become clients this year? What projects do you foresee happening? If you can't speak to that, and you can't line that up, then you're going to have to do a lot more prospecting and cold calling to get to your number. And then you start looking at average job size. Are you somebody that has million-dollar quotes? Are you somebody that has $100 quotes or somewhere in between? How many of those are going to have to close? And how many of those do you have in your pipeline? And if you can't start adding all those numbers up to come to the number you want to make, then you are behind the eight ball and you have a serious problem. So again, that's a little bit of a tangent I just wanted to put out there for salespeople. But again, what my, my concern is and focus of this conversation was delaying gratification. And in sales, we deal with that a lot. People that have an RFQ, which is a request for quote or an RFP request for proposal, and they're expecting us to turn something around very quickly. They want that instant gratification. 
they are being demanded by somebody else and they are used to getting that instant gratification and they're just providing it on us. But then they're not ready to make a decision or they aren't the decision maker and we aren't asking the right questions. And because we're communicating less face-to-face, there's a lot of instances where we're reading into emails of an RFP or RFQ and not meeting people face-to-face and getting body language responses or having the opportunity to ask tough questions such as, what will it take to earn your business? Are there other people that are involved? Is there somebody you've already worked with that has also given you a quote? If you aren't willing to ask difficult questions like those, then there's a good chance you're not going to be very good at sales. The other thing uh, that's come to light more recently is minimum acceptable performance. When I was in school, my parents always felt like 92% was not the same as a 99 or 100. And I used to argue, and maybe this is just my personality, that an A is an A. And I would always think that I would try to do the best I could with the least amount of effort possible. Now, in sales, minimal acceptable performance might be a quota of revenue dollars, or it may be number of calls. What you have to ask yourself is, is that quota or that minimal acceptable performance, can I do more? And if the answer is yes, then let that be your basement. And what I mean by that is, let's just take working out as an example. If you're looking at a workout and it says three sets of 10 and you do 10 and you think, man, that was easy. You didn't pick enough weight. You have more to give. And again, in sales, too many times people default to, well, this is what was being asked. This is my minimal acceptable performance. This is all I'm being told that I need to be able to do to, to secure uh, my job for another month, or this is what my company wants of me. That's true if you're just somebody that wants to do okay. But if you want to excel, you have to be willing to push yourself. And my main message about that is make your goals big enough that you'll fail. And I don't think in society we're doing a good enough job. Again, I relate it to a birthday party that's coming up this weekend. I don't have to plan out for a kid's birthday if I'm going to get them something because I have Amazon to deliver today or tomorrow. I have Walmart or I have Target. One of these stores has something that I can get that meets that need in a short amount of time. However, if I have a quota of $5 million and I've waited to the last quarter to put a good strategy together and make the efforts and calls, I'm going to fail. I haven't done the work throughout the year to get close to what that quota is. Why is that? Because again, we believe that just because we focus and want something, we deserve it. And there's big problem with sales and the disconnection between the reality of what we're facing in our day-to-day lives and the expectation and need of what sales for high performers needs to be. So I ask all of you out there to come on a little commitment journey with me. I'm concerned about the future of our sales teams. I'm concerned about our kids and whether or not they have what it takes to be good salespeople. One thing that I'm okay with is my son door knocking and asking friends to play. I think that's so cool. And why is that so cool? Just because it's teaching him to go up and be ready for rejection and move on. I'll go back to one more personal experience I had. I used to sell candles door to door before I went to college. And I knew nothing about candles. My mom didn't burn candles. I was looking to get more money. And this was a part-time job in the newspaper, a classified ad. And I thought, why not? I would get dropped off at a community with a wagon 
and a bunch of candles. And I would literally go door to door asking people whether or not they wanted a candle. And I failed a lot. The main reason I failed was I didn't have the right message. The message I needed to say was, my name is Jeff. I'm here because I'm looking to earn more money for college. And to do that, I have these candles. Here's one called Love Spell. It smells great. What do you think? And as soon as I broke the barrier of why I was doing this, I wasn't doing it to sell them a candle. I was doing it to make money for college. They would buy for me for that reason. Again, I'm concerned about the people in the future of our sales teams because I learned that in a, in a situation that I don't think people are promoting anymore. People are saying, people don't want to be called on cold anymore. And that might be right. And I'm not going to be here to disagree unless you want to. If somebody wants to come on my podcast and disagree with me, I'd love to hear it. But what I'm really, really doing is trying to figure out what interpersonal skills we are lacking or pushing away because of technology. My final ask of all of you is think about what you can contribute to the future sales leaders of America, because I believe we have a problem and the only way we can solve it is by doing it together. Again, I really appreciate all of you joining me and supporting Selling Stories. I can't believe this is episode number 26. I'm so thankful for everybody that continues to support and listen to this podcast. And I promise you, I will continue to come out with content that matters and people and guests to share their stories. So thank you so much. Until the next time, make it a great day.